0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So today I'm going to continue the future series and my message is titled, Delay or Design. Why don't we pray this morning? I just thank you Father for every heart in this place. I thank you God that there is a heart to receive And ears to listen to what you are trying to speak to us today. I thank you, God, that is a word in season for every single person here. I thank you anoint my words and anoint this time together in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. So who here, I have a question, who here likes theme parks? Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Now, for the new people in this place today, let me just let you know, we like an interactive church. It doesn't have to be just to be up here. So, if I'm asking you questions, put your hand up, yell out to me. It's good. I like noise. I've got three kids, so I'm used to noise, okay? So, I love theme parks, particularly water theme parks. Fast water slides, group rides. I love everything water. Some people might say, really? Your hair? You're always worried that your hair is going to go curly? But when I'm on holidays, that doesn't matter. But I'm not so keen on roller coasters, or anything that spins me around or upside down. Because um, as I've gotten older, I am getting older, I can't seem to stomach them anymore. I used to love them as a child, but now it just makes me feel sick. Um, but my older kids, uh, Joelle particularly, when I mean she was a bit younger, she used to love them, the faster the better. And poor Bronson, he would have to go on with them because <laughs> I'd always have to be accompanied by an adult. And I remember the last time we went, we were at Movie World. I think it was the, is it the Green Lantern or something like that? Something. Anyway, it was really fast. And he came off and he was green. <laughs> he was not happy for the rest of the day. But it's what parents do, isn't it? This is what we do for our kids. Well, I don't. Bronson does. But now that the kids are older, they can go on together. So that's, that's good. Do you know, we would spend a lot of our time, quite a bit of our time at theme parks. Um, on the Gold Coast, Movie World and Wet n Wild because each year our INC conference which is the network that we're part of, International Network of Churches, would hold the national conference in Queensland. So we would go up for conference and then we would take a week off as a family holiday and with young kids you generally end up at theme parks. I didn't mind it so I was there. Do you know there are a couple of things that you associate with theme parks. Fun, laughter, some crying from the kids, sunburn, no. all the good things, memories, but long lines, hey, waiting—that's what you generally associate. And you spend so much time waiting in line. But who knows? The better the ride, the longer the wait. Hey, the better—you know—the better the ride. Do you know? One year we bought these um, fast track passes, and which meant we could skip any queue. So people would be lining up for an hour and we would get off the ride and walk back up to the front and jump back on while they had to wait and watch us get on these things. I must say it felt pretty good. I know as the pastor I shouldn't be saying that. But it's a good feeling. But believe me, I'm still paying for those seven years later, They're very expensive passes. But who here likes waiting? Who likes waiting? No. Let's be real. No one likes delays. I certainly don't like delays. And if you live in Melbourne, you know what that's like because there's roadworks everywhere at the moment. Or you're waiting in line at the one cash register that is open and the other four are all closed in peak hour and you're standing there waiting at the one register. Or you've got the colour wheel of death on your laptop as you're trying to open up an app and you're waiting. Or you're in a 10-car deep line at McDonald's drive through waiting for your coffee in the morning as you drive through. Do you know, what if some of the circumstances in our lives that we view as delays are actually designed by God? What if he is wanting to work in our lives during these seasons to prepare us for what is next? Do you know, before we go back into Joseph's story, let me just do a bit of recap of what has happened so far. Joseph had a dream which was actually a vision from God for his future, where many, including his family, bowed down to him. He gets sold by his brothers. He's in a pit. He ends up in Egypt. He then finds himself in prison for being falsely accused of raping his master's wife. Sounds like a Hollywood movie, doesn't it? Pretty crazy. So we're going to pick up the story again now in Genesis 40. If you have your Bible with me, turn to it. It's a pretty long one, so please bear with me. And this is what it says Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confi- confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me. And show me kindness, mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favourable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole. And the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday and he gave a feast for all his officials He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to to his position so that he once again put the the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Um, I'm not sure about you, but I don't want to be the baker in in this story. If you're the baker, you would have probably wished, why did I ask for my dream to be interpreted? I could have just lived another three days without knowing that my head was going to be cut off and the birds were going to eat it. It's pretty crazy, hey? But I have three thoughts for us today I want to share. And if you're taking notes, take this down. The first one is, there are opportunities during the delay. Do you know, here we have Joseph... Not so long ago, he had this amazing dream. His God dream included people bowing down to him. And here he finds himself in a foreign land, unfairly accused and stuck in prison behind bars. Do you know, Joseph is facing a pretty significant delay to his dream being realised. But even though he finds himself in this situation, in verses 6 and 7, we see that he notices two other prisoners were troubled. He doesn't just notice, but he engages with them to find out what is troubling them. Do you know, now Joseph, he could have just retreated into himself and just gone about his own business, having pity on himself and isolating himself. But instead, he sees opportunities to reach out to others By interpreting the dream of the baker and the cupbearer. Do you know, how often during the delays in our life do we turn inward and focus on ourselves? All becomes about us. Do you know, we complain that things aren't going the way that we planned. And we ask God, don't we? You can hear it. Why me? Why is this happening to me? And we actually start start to question the dream and if God has forgotten us. Is anyone in that place today? Like, let's be honest. We do this. We're human. Yet maybe, just maybe, there are opportunities in the delays if we keep our heart open to see them. Do you know, in this world, it tells us to be inward-focused. We are in such an inwardly focused world and it says focus on you. Forget about anyone that may be wrecking your vibe. This word at the moment, vibe. In my business we have this thing called office vibe and they want to know how everyone's feeling because it's meant to be like a pulse, a vibe. Don't let anyone wreck your vibe. God calls us to influence people for good no matter what their situation is or ours is for that matter, no matter the situation. Do you know, does this mean that we become doormats for people? Is this what this means, that we spend all our time with people who take from us? Absolutely not. But what it does mean is that God's kingdom calls us to find our strength, not in making sure that our environment is perfect, but to find our strength in him. It's his strength, not ours, that enables us to see the opportunities in the delays and the waiting. But if we're doing everything through our own eyes, we have this filter and we can't see what the opportunities are because we're trying to do it all in our own strength. Do you know Psalm 27:14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Do you know it doesn't say wait for your friend, wait for your partner, wait for your children. It does not say that. It says wait for the Lord. Be strong. Wait for the Lord. Ephesians 6 says finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want to ask you today, are you in a season of waiting? Has there maybe been a delay in the delivery of a dream? Do you know, we've all been here. We've all been here. Have you heard of this phrase called bloom where you are planted? Probably more of an older (laughs) statement. But what does this mean? It means make the most of where God has you right now. Right now. You don't have to wait to be in the perfect soil, to be in the perfect environment, to have the perfect things happening around you. You do it right now, even in your season of waiting. Do you know, there'll be opportunities in the delay, but we just have to have the eyes and the heart to see them and take hold of them. Do you know I ask the question, I'm asking you and myself today, who can you be influencing? Or what opportunities can you take hold of while you are waiting, while you're in this period of waiting? Who can you be influencing? God is always working. Always working. It might just be a God opportunity for you to influence someone. Maybe, and just maybe, It's just what you need to see your dream come into fruition. Maybe you need to take that opportunity. Point two today is keep your words God focused. Do you know when Joseph hears about the cupbearer, about the baker and the cupbearer's dreams, he says, don't interpretations belong to God? So even though Joseph is nowhere near his dream coming to pass, He keeps God at the forefront of his life. That's his first thought. Hold on. Dreams are interpreted by God. Rick Warren makes this statement. The truth is you're going to spend much of your life waiting. And so if you don't figure out how to trust God while you're waiting, you'll spend a lot of your life not trusting God. That is such a powerful statement. We spend a lot of time waiting and if we don't know how to trust God, we're going to spend a lot of our time without God. Do you know, when you're facing a delay today, can I ask what's your speech like? What's your actions? What is your attitude? What is your life saying? What is your life saying? Do you declare that God is still able? Is he still able do you know the posture of your life the way you present yourself in these times of life is so important because it's a testimony to the world to your friends to your family to your work colleagues colleagues to your community to what that we believe in what we say and who we say that God is if our, if the posture of our life does not show that we believe what we say about our God, what is the point? What is the point? People are not interested in a God who does nothing. They can go on and be successful without God. Let's be honest here today, church. If your life is not showing a posture of the goodness of God and that you believe that he will do what he says he will do, I'm challenging myself here today what is your life saying? In Psalm sixteen, 7, 9, it says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. But do you know, You can't really do this if you don't trust God. You can't rest in something if you don't trust something. So my question is to myself today and to you today, we only learn to trust God when we go through experiences that require us to trust him. As we see God's faithfulness over and over and over We let go of trusting ourselves and we gradually start to place our trust in him. And it's not something that just happens, church. I'm not saying there's a wand and you go, suddenly you trust. It's just like a relationship. When you're building a relationship, it takes time to build trust. And it's the same with God and he knows that. And do you know why I know that he knows that? Because he keeps showing up and he keeps answering. And it keeps showing he's faithful. I'm faithful. Test me. I'm faithful. So at the core of who I am, when the rubber hits the road, do I trust that God has me? Do I really do that? That he holds me in his hand. That he will do what he said he would do. Now, some of us need to maybe go away today and have a, have a bit of a reflection on that this week. I know I do because sometimes I question. I must confess that knowing how to wait patiently is not something I have always done well, (laughs) well at all. But I can honestly say that if pastoring has taught me anything, it is that there is a better way to wait. Do you know, Pastor Bronson shared last week some of our experiences as we first took on the church. And these experiences uh, challenged our expectations of what we expected to see happen and when that would happen. Do you know, we have to change the way we think about waiting. Contrary to popular opinion, waiting is not sitting, it's not sulking, it's not seething, striving and stressing. How to wait patiently involves an intentional choice to trust God with an outcome that you can't control and I think that's where we get stuck because we like to insert ourselves in that part to be able to control but to trust God is to give him control you know I can I can truly say that what God has now built in this church and in us as your pastors has been a journey but I'm excited to say that I think this church is now poised and ready for some amazing, amazing things. And you might say, how do you know that? I know that because God's timing is perfect, and I know it is, and we can see things coming to fruition. Do you know, when life isn't going to plan, and we find ourselves in the wait, what are our words confessing? And are they God-focused? And if the keys would come. My last point today is, Man may forget us, but God does not. Genesis 4.23 says, The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Do you know, it, it hurts just to read that verse. He forgot him. I'm sure at some stage we've all related to this. God, I just want to get married. Why am I still single? God, I want to have a baby. Why have I not fallen pregnant yet? God, I want that new job. I need a job. Why have I not been given an opportunity? God, are you going to heal me? God, I can't live with this mental torment anymore. Take the pain away. God, my kids, my family, they don't know you. Do you know nobody wants to be forgotten? We all want to be heard. We all want to be loved. To be wanted, to be needed. Joseph was forgotten by the cupbearer, even after he pleaded for him not to forget him. He wanted him to put in a good word to Pharaoh. He was hoping that he would be his get out of jail free card, literally. But what happened? Here Joseph makes a mistake. He relies on man and he is inevitably let down. He relies on man. Do you know, we often do the same, don't we? We elevate something or someone as a means out of the weight or to speed up a process. So hurry it along. We think if I just get that job, if I just get healed, if I just get that house, if I just have that child, if I just, if I just, I'll be good. It'll be good then. But if we think that seeing our God dream, become a reality is reliant on man we are in trouble do you know even though things looked bleak for Joseph at at times what he didn't realize was that God had not left him God had not left him he was right there with him in that prison he saw every tear shed he heard every prayer prayed do you know someone needs to hear that today Someone needs to hear that because as you're facing the challenges and the situations that you're going through in your life, as you're in your waiting season, God is always at work. He's always at work. Do you know, no matter what I am seeing or I am not seeing or what I'm feeling, God doesn't change with the circumstances. He doesn't change. See, this is what I love about Him. This is what I love about God. Do you know, Joseph could only see what his current situation was. But God sees the start and he sees the finish. It's so the same for you. And he doesn't waver in between. That's the beauty of it. He doesn't waver from the plan in between. He's not swayed. He's not deterred because things look Things look uncertain or they're changing he's faithful and he's true to his true to his promises why because he's always working he's always working he's always working he's always working church and you should be able to hold on to that promise to know that my God is faithful it's encouraging Because if you haven't been in a season of waiting, maybe you don't know what this is like, but when you are so desperately wanting something or seeing something or needing something to come to fruition, it's a hard time. And when you know that there is a God who only has the best for you and is only prompting and working and orchestrating and planning and refining, if you know that, you can stand in assurance to know that He's got you. He's got you. Deuteronomy 31.8 says... Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Do you know? I think about when there's a security detail and the security detail goes before the celebrity. Just think about that. God is going before you because you're the celebrity. Can you understand that today? That's how God sees you. That's the importance. You're the VIP. Can you get that? He goes before you, church. So powerful. And if we view our God dream as an act of faith, we will rely on God and not man. Do you know, sometimes, though, we see delays as a denial. We think that God is saying no. But maybe, just maybe, He's just saying, not yet. Not yet. Will you keep trusting me through this? Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Everything about this life is fleeting. If we blink, we will miss it. Everything is fast and instant. And as quick. as as something comes people forget it and us but God never forgets us all the promises and purposes that he has for your life or for my life or for this church or for your children or for this community he doesn't forget so today as I close I want to dare people to dream again dream again maybe for some people You haven't even started dreaming. You need to start. Start dreaming. And for others, maybe you're in the waiting. But let's remember these three points. There are opportunities in the delay. Keep your words God focused. Man may forget us, but God does not. Do you know what I know is that sometimes we need to look at the delay through a different lens. We see precious metals like gold and silver, they're refined by fire. Diamonds are formed with great pressure and they have to go through this process for them to become the final valuable product. Sometimes we need the delay as we may need to go through some situations, some challenges and obstacles to build resilience, patience, trust, which helps form something inside of us. Am I saying today that God makes these things happen? No, I'm not. Am I saying that God can help you through them and can use them and does everything for good for those who love them? Yes, I am. That's what I'm saying today. Do you know God was doing a work in Joseph, but it had to be in his timing, Otherwise, Joseph may not have been able to carry the dream. It was a big dream with big responsibility. God had to do a work in him, refine him, and develop his character. And the dream would only come to fruition when Joseph was ready to carry it and the responsibility that came with it. And it might be the same for us here today. I'll leave you with this scripture. Ecclesiastes 3.10, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Let's pray this morning. I thank you, Father. I thank you, God, that we can look at the waiting God As not something that is stopping us from something, but something that is potentially building us, developing us, refining us, growing us for our next.